0: So, uh, last week, especially after we finished recording, we were talking a little bit about how, uh, the Honeymooners was surprisingly kind of, uh, schlocky and lame, yeah? What? But then we started, uh, thinking about, like, maybe this is, you know, that's getting a little ways into the 50s, things are getting kind of established, like... Maybe this is what we're supposed to expect out of sitcoms in particular, because uh, I haven't seen many 60s sitcoms, but I've seen a lot of 70s and 80s ones, and they're all like that. They're all schmaltzy and lame. And then we were talking uh, amongst ourselves about, like, that's one reason why The Simpsons and especially Seinfeld were this, like, meteor strike that hit the earth, because it's like, wow, finally, these families and people can be sarcastic and can have some edge and aren't just... Soft and lame. <laughs> so. See,
1: the first of those, though, would have been Archie Bunker. Yeah, maybe. in the seventies,
0: right?
1: Which was a real eye opener because, again, most of them were real
0: well, heavy guess, days uh... kind of
1: stuff, right? And here was uh, here was this one where you had this very aggressive type male character who a lot of people were so opposed to such a redneck character but that was probably one of the first that was really kind of out there and then those others followed
0: yeah because uh, I guess also there would be like uh, Married with Children was obviously yes one. yes and, uh, Mar-
1: Married with Children was another one
0: and even like I guess Roseanne is a little more at least yeah. realistic Roseanne it's not it funny. was later though right
1: Roseanne was like 80s yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the 50s y- yeah you probably because it was a new venue Uh, You were trying to get advertisers to support this thing. Um, Yeah, you probably couldn't just say anything you wanted and hope to get away with it because the public just wasn't in for that, and the advertisers were. Not the public. The public probably would have bought it, but the advertisers wouldn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, everyone just watched the Dumont Network crash and burn. (laughs) It's like, let's not mess with things. So yeah, we were saying maybe... You know, our expectations for sitcoms are a little too lofty. Like, maybe we should be used to this Leave it to Beaver type bullshit. But then we were saying, like, you know, we always say that. Like, Leave it to Beaver is the go-to show when you think of lame, toothless, soft sitcoms. But maybe we should watch Leave it to Beaver and see if we're being too yeah, hard on this show. That's our
1: own judgment on it. because, uh, And again, maybe that Honeymooner show was just a bad one. But it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think so. Especially once I clued into the idea that it really was about Ralph and um, Ed, you know. It's like, it's, again, Fred and Barney. I just just don't give an F about that. <laughs> so, but yeah, Leave it to Beaver. Uh, as I started looking into it, because I, it's again, it's like I feel like I know what this show is, but I don't know that I've ever actually seen it. So I just assumed, like, ah, leave it to beaver. This is going to be boring. And I'm looking through the wiki page, and I'm like, ah, what is there even to say about this? But the more I read about it, the more intrigued I became. Like, this sounds good. So that's the weird thing, is that we have shows that sound good and are bad, and shows that sound bad and are good. So who knows what's going to happen here. But the more I read about this show, I'm like, this, it seems like the people who made this show they seemed pretty on the ball. So I'll I'll explain to you what I learned, I guess, and we'll see how it actually turns out. So Leave it to Beaver ran for six seasons from 1957 to 1963. It uh, was never all that popular. It was on ABC for one year and just wasn't doing that well, so CBS picked it up for the rest. It never broke into the top 30. It never won any awards, but nowadays it's obviously considered one of the greatest shows of all time. But what it did do, all this stuff that was neat and weird... It was the first show told from the child's point of view. You know, it wasn't... The the parents were there, but it wasn't about the parents, where usually if there's kids on these shows, the kids are just, you know, side characters or whatever. Uh, One little neat thing that I'm glad I researched a little before we watched is I I found the first episode, but we're actually going to watch the second episode because the first episode is not the first episode. They had to swap them. Because the intended first episode showed a toilet tank. And it was the first TV show to ever show a toilet. And it took them an extra week to convince the censors that it was okay. That they... <laughs> yeah. And apparently, it, like, the bathroom shows up a lot in this show. But just in ways of, like, you know, Beaver will go lock himself in the bathroom because he's upset with his parents. And they're like, you come out of there. But, yeah, like, the way Psycho was the first movie to show... A toilet? This was the first show to show a toilet. And it's just like, you just couldn't. It's a toilet. <laughs> and it sounds so dumb on the face of it, but I guess I can see where the issue is. Because specifically, like, married with children, you know, it's like, probably, like when you think of these, like.
1: Yeah, it was full of bathroom jokes.
0: Yeah, like, low brow. And it's, it's like. So it's like they're like when if we let them show a toilet on TV, how long until there's a joke about pooping and how long until the fabric of American society <laughs> unravels forever? <laughs> you know? But they just couldn't justify it They're like it's just a toilet.
1: Now, just on a personal note, I watched Leave it to Beaver when I was a child and I liked Leave it to Beaver. I found mom and dad were not didn't seem realistic, but I would have liked to have had his mother and father for parents yeah. and when I was about seven I think it was I had to go and get new shoes over at Savage's uh, shoe store special fit, my mother always we always we didn't have a whole lot of money we had lots of kids but she always put money into the foot gear but I got a big glossy, oh I don't know what it was, 8 by 10 photo of Beaver and uh, his brother and I think mom and dad are in it too nice big glossy Photo of them, for getting shoes at Savages Shoe Store. So there,
0: that <laughs> seems kind of random. They weren't like special <laughs> leave it to beaver. No, they shoes. weren't beaver
1: shoes. <laughs> no, they were Oxford shoes.
0: I guess though they did just kind of give away random stuff more. I feel like in the past, like I remember in a box of uh Cinematose Crunch, I got a cassette single of Terence Trent D'Arby. His song was Wishing Well. No one remembers that shit anymore, but. I just had it. I didn't like it. It wasn't very good, but I listened to it sometimes because, I don't know, I got it in the cereal.
1: (laughs) But I carried that beaver picture around with me for quite a long few years, and I don't know where it is now, but maybe somebody still got it in our (laughs) family.
0: (laughs) So uh, this show, it was pretty expensive for the time, mostly because it had a lot of outdoor scenes. And the creators of it, Bob Mosher and Joe Connolly. They spent time as head writers for Amos and Andy on radio, so that's interesting. They weren't the only head writers, but for a while they were. And between them they had eight kids. One of them had two kids, one of them had six kids. So they would like take notes of what their kids were doing and saying and the kind of conversations they were having and like work it into the show. And they told all the writers not to invent situations for the show like try to just look into your own past and try to remember what it was like to be a kid don't just make up some dumb shit where you know as opposed to last week like they just making up dumb sitcom shit you know like i was like that's these people sound like they had a good idea and a good like writerly sense of what is good <laughs> as opposed to what sucks so i mean we'll see how it turns out but uh i was pretty impressed by that and there was, it makes me think of this show that, this show called Freaks and Geeks that only ran for one season in 1999, and it wasn't popular and it got canceled, but everyone in it is famous now. Seth Rogen was in it, just everyone. You would recognize everyone from the show, but at the time it was not popular, but they did the same thing. Like They tried really hard to make it what it was really like to be in high school, like they... Before they wrote the season, they sat down all the writers and were like, just tell me what high school was like for you. And brrr, millions of episodes of all the trauma and horrible things that happened. So it's interesting that decades before, Leave it to Beaver had that same philosophy of like, don't just make up shit. Everyone can feel it when you make up shit. Like, go find the real thing that happened to you. And in, like, Leave it to Beaver's case, just even just dumb shit like... uh you know you got to wear a hat during the school recital because the kid tried to give himself a haircut or whatever you know like that one of the writer's kids did that so they made it into an episode stuff like that and this especially intrigued me there's this it's become kind of cliche now but this piece of writing advice people always say they say like kill your darlings like if you've got this one thing in your script that you just love so much take it out and see if the story still works because you might be warping things around your one big idea that probably isn't that good anyway. So these guys had uh, a similar type of, of idea, and this is just a bold thing to do, is supposedly one of the writers said later when he was being interviewed, when they would do table reads and run through stuff, if one of the lines someone wrote got a great big laugh, they would take it out because they just want it to be kind of more like that Wonder Years feeling. They want it to be, have a general, nice feeling but if you have some great big joke that doesn't feel real anymore it doesn't feel like a real situation it feels like a great big joke so they actually took those out and i'm like that's some bold stuff Mm -hmm. that's like not that's counterintuitive thinking but it makes a lot of sense so yeah reading about it i'm like i hope this doesn't suck because philosophically this sounds great (laughs) let's watch
1: it then i'm all excited but watching it now (laughs)
0: So yeah, we're going to watch again, like I said, episode two, because it's the real, it was intended to be episode one, but it had the, the dreaded toilet tank. And then if we're feeling it, uh, the same way that I Love Lucy had the pilot episode, that's the good thing about these really famous shows is there's stuff like that available. So I also have a pilot episode of Leave it to Beaver where all the actors are different. So if we're interested, we could check that out just to see what Leave it to Beaver is like without Let's the Beave, <laughs> without Wally and the Beeve.:
1: I think we should check out both of them. Yeah
0: oh and that was one of the original titles they pitched was wally and the beaver but uh one of the early sponsors was like can we change that name because people are going to think that's a nature show (laughs) which it is a weird name i don't know why they call this kid the beaver children
1: and adults look at the world through different eyes when you're young a policeman
0: stands 10 feet tall hold on just a sec let me just pause this for a sec because uh stuff that I'm remembering I read but I just didn't write in my notes how these two kids got cast is interesting so the kid who plays the beaver he uh he had to come back like three or four times for different auditions but he showed up one time with his little cub scout uniform on and he was just like anxious to go he's like can I just can we hurry up because I want to go to my cub scout meeting and that's what like won them over is like he really is just Americana (laughs) 1950s kid not putting on airs or anything and it's doubly so with his brother his brother never intended to be an actor was only there because his friend was auditioning and it's like you hear that story sometimes of just like the guy who never intended to even yeah. be in the show he was i guess like he just kind of stood out he was always like combing his hair preening himself a lot <laughs> and they were just like who's that kid and yeah they ended up hiring him so it's just interesting that's how they got hired the first time you
1: Deep. The father's so calm. Most father, what the hell's going on here?
0: Yeah, it is definitely interesting to see. I mean, this is less of a change than I Love Lucy. But yeah, these pilot episodes, it's like a good idea, because you can tell that they they don't quite have it yet. <laughs> you know, it's like that first attempt, and then they s- switch things up. So yeah, I'd say the, the main Leave it to Beaver was pretty good. The pilot, not as good. I guess we'll talk about that after. But, uh, yeah, like, Leave it to Beavers, definitely a, I mean, it's a lightweight show, obviously. But, yeah, it wasn't bad. It was pretty well done.
1: The kids were good. The yeah. Ki- the kids in both the, both shows were. were very good. Not contrived at all. Mom and Dad in the pilot, I didn't find as contrived as in this, the the actual show. Right. They, they were a little bit too perfect.
0: Yeah, talk about it. Perfect. Guess, yeah, like, all that stuff I was reading about the kids. And, yeah, it's like you can tell they really did try to make everyone behave realistically and make the situations real. But yeah, then when it cuts to the parents, just try... So the the basic episode was uh, the kids order a fucking alligator through the mail (laughs) and it shows up and they are, like, feeding it with an eyedropper and, like, raising this alligator. like. So even though that sounds kind of like a crazy situation or whatever, yeah, it was surprisingly believable feeling. And they're showing this alligator to the kids in the neighborhood, charging them a nickel and whatever or a dime then when it would cut to the parents yeah just like discussing like where's our uh, i'm missing an egg oh i'm missing some brandy and yeah all that felt remarkably fake
1: yeah (laughs) it's
0: really weird
1: Their, their whole uh their dress their demeanor they never got really angry about about anything which you would i mean initially you might just think okay well maybe that missing brandy Maybe I'm just imagining it or the missing egg. But after you've missed, like, half a dozen eggs and your bottle of brandy is now down to half, you'd start getting a little pissed off, but they never got pissed
0: off. Yeah, or they didn't even bring it up, really. Like, you'd at least ask the kids. Like, they just presume, like, oh, it couldn't be the kids. Who else is in your house? Of course it's the kids. You know?
1: well, then they <laughs> discovered, though, it was the new homemaker. They, yeah, the, they blamed her.
0: Uh, maid, I guess, Washer yeah. washerwoman, the yeah. maid. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So yeah, that is weird that they put so much effort into making the kid side feel real and zero. If anything, they it's like they deliberately, I guess, like, maybe one thing is, like, I remember reading about Shawshank, one of the theories about it is the prison guards in Shawshank are such assholes. Like, they're just incredibly mean. And one of the theories is that maybe that's not really how they were. It's that this is like this kind of big operatic telling of the story through the filter of the prisoners. Like, this is the prisoners remembering Mm. what it was like to be in prison. So in their view, these turnkeys are just the worst. So maybe that's kind of the idea, is like, this is how the kids envision the parents? I mean, maybe. I <laughs> if you wanted to be generous. I don't know. Because the only other way to look at it is that the parents are really underwritten and badly developed, where the kids are really well-written and really well-developed. It's just strange. It's strange that they would... It would be so unbalanced. But yeah, because I even think that that idea that we kind of went into this with, that, you know, whenever you think of squeaky clean 50s TV, you think of Leave it to Beaver. But the kids are getting into weird stuff and they yeah. refuse to change their clothes and like their actual kids it's those parents it's are.
1: mom and dad though are squeaky clean
0: yeah and they're always wearing their sunday best but like i said like not just on sunday every day every
1: day i mean there's no as i, I mentioned there's no way a person could go around doing their housework all day in those heels that they, that she had on yeah Ooh. And she had pearls on too
0: <laughs> yeah like even now when you go into anything that references the 50s fallout video games or whatever like that's what you envision is you have these like The pointy bras, for whatever reason, that was the style, and yeah, the high heels. The well-pressed
1: clothes, the well-coiffed hair.
0: Pearl necklace all the time. Yeah, I mean,
1: even Dad's pajamas weren't rumpled or wrinkled. (laughs) (laughs) They looked like they had just come off the ironing board.
0: Yeah, so it's surprising that, yeah, the kid side of it felt pretty legit, pretty realistic.
1: Very natural, but the the grown-up part.
0: Yeah, so, Mm -hmm. yeah, strange. Like I'd say, it's definitely not a bad show, but, yeah, like, I'm and I guess the part at the end when the dad has to give the little moral of, like, kids, I'm proud of you that you raised an alligator and that it didn't die, but, you know, we got to get rid of it because you can't have an alligator. I mean, that part was kind of schmaltzy, but it felt appropriate, you know? It's like that dad is kind of in a tough situation of, like, the kids didn't necessarily do anything wrong. It is impressive that they raised an alligator in their bathroom, but you got to get rid of the alligator. So, I mean, yeah, it's like, all right, I'll give him a and pass. And maybe there.
1: as a kid, watching it as a kid, like I said to you earlier, that uh, I would have liked to have them for parents.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, because you had. So
1: maybe that's how they how it was set up, this idea that these parents were beyond reproach. And every kid who's watching that show would want to have those people as parents because they always looked good and they sounded good and they never, ever really got mad.
0: Right, pretty pretty reasonable. Yeah, because i got to assume in your household with, like, the 12 kids, like, yeah, there's no time to get down on a knee and have a calm conversation about the morals of the day. It's just like, shut up, kids. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so I guess that's the only part. That's the only thing about it that I would have changed or that feels a little weird is, like, the kid part of it is really good And even when the parents have to deal with the kids, I'm like, okay, I can get on board with that. It's just weird that when it's just the parents talking to each other, they're so stilted. They're never like, what the hell's going on in this house? Where's all my eggs and brandy? (laughs) Like, yeah, it's just weird that if anything... And
1: accusing... They don't even accuse each other. Yeah. Like, you know... She should be saying to him, "Hey, how many eggs did you take? (laughs) This wasn't it enough that I gave you two eggs for breakfast," or and he's saying to her, "What have you been doing today? Nipping into the brandy?" Yeah. See, there's never anything like that. They're just so in sync, those
0: two. So that is, yeah, that's weird. That's a strange call. I'm not sure why the parents are so soft and so just that that like uh, that blurry lens of nostalgia and stuff or whatever. Yeah.
1: They're perfect people.
0: But yeah, I'm impressed with the kid side of it, because, yeah, they're just...
1: Yeah, the you know. kids are very, very natural.
0: So then in the pilot, it's uh, half of the cast is the same. It's the same mom, who I, I said too, I recognize her right away, but I didn't know from where, and it's because she's in airplane. She's the, the lady on the airplane that can speak jive. <laughs> and I just think, like, oh, yeah, that's her. And the beaver was the same, but it had a different dad and a different brother, but basically the same. But, yeah, it was definitely that thing that I had read about how they didn't want people to contrive situations they wanted to you know think back to your actual life the pilot obviously they didn't have that mandate yet because it's very silly it's just that wally and the bee have heard on the playground basically that if you save a thousand milk caps from the top of milk bottles you get a a bicycle, a, a bicycle.
1: from the milk from the milk company
0: so, and it's pretty funny of them stealing everyone's milk caps and stuff <laughs> off right, off,
1: right off the doorstep <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: But then they show up to the milk company with the bottle caps, and that's where it becomes sitcom and silly, is that the people at the milk company are like, what is this contest? Oh, man, I'm not ready. And they're you know, calling up the chain, calling their superiors. That's and...
1: kind of not bad, though, really, when you think about it, because that's what they do in big business. Yeah, Nobody wants to take responsibility for anything, so they just keep passing the buck, passing the buck, passing the buck. So they pass the buck so many times that the bicycle... They almost believed they had a contest, and they bought a bicycle.
0: Yeah, like, I actually do think it, it's a pretty funny bit. Like, if it was on a sketch show, it's a pretty funny sketch. It's just not a believable scenario. Like, it, it is a sitcom thing. It's just made up or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, and then very similar. of Just, like, instead of, boys, you can't have the alligator. Now it's like, boys, you didn't really earn that bike, and you got to give it back and whatever. But...
1: But when you hear the real story about why they believed there was a contest anyway, that's really believable.
0: Oh yeah, you are these
1: two older punky type <laughs> boys who have a who have a b- bicycles themselves and Beaver's hanging around, and he they're they're annoyed with him. They want him to go away, so they tell him about this contest, and so he goes home, tells his brother about it, starts saving the caps because he wants the bike.
0: Isn't that weird too? Yeah, it's so weird that the parents talk so stilted and so fake and phony in both iterations. Cause yeah, the kids are the opposite. Where the kid is like, "Hey, that beaver cleaver, that kid's a creep." <laughs> I'd made up some stuff, and he just believed me. What yeah. is he stupid? <laughs> like, yeah, it's surprising how how yeah. realistic that the was. Kids
1: are very. The kids are very. All the kids, very natural. Even the kids that are watching in the alligator show, who they come and they're paying their nickel or their dime or whatever to see it, and, you know and. When he's Beaver starts telling him that these things are soft, the kids are, I and you see this one little girl, and she just kind of flinches. <laughs> and it's.
0: Man, I remember just as far as stuff like that, which is, I guess, this is a good sign that they did do a good job with the kids, because it makes me think of real things that happened to me. Where there's always like kids making up stuff. Like in this case, it would have been like, "Hey, we got an alligator at home," and you'd be like, "No, you don't." And then you go there, and they really do whenever kids on the playground would just make up shit i just i never bothered calling them on it because i'm like whatever if you want to make up shit and pretend that i believe it like whatever i don't care kid tell me whatever you want but where i finally had had enough is this kid jerry i knew told me he had a nintendo game that had a hundred games on the one cartridge and i was like that's i finally had enough this kid's always making up fake shit You do not have a Nintendo game with a hundred games in it. That's fucking nonsense. You'd stop lying about this shit. So he's like, well, all right then, I'll show you. And I was like, okay, I didn't expect that. He's calling my bluff. So I went to this kid's house for the first time ever. He lived uh, up by where Dan used to live, up by McPherson. And what it was is it was like this Chinese bootleg Nintendo game because we got the Nintendo in like... ...late 1985, early 1986... ...but it actually came out in Japan in 1983... ...and those 1983 games were very crappy and very small... ...more like an Atari game... ...so you actually could fit a hundred... ...really early Nintendo games on one cartridge... ...and it was a real thing... ...and I was like, Jerry... I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry that I doubted your hundred games because here it is but I would have bet a zillion dollars that kid was lying about that <laughs>
1: so. uh, this just came to me now there's something that these kids reminded me of and how they how naturally they acted there was the be earlier in that the happy gang that were on in movies.
0: Oh yeah, like uh Alfalfa. Alfalfa and, all those kids.
1: and uh, the little fat guy. Oh, and, the
0: little rascals. Yeah. Is that what they were called?
1: Yeah. And you know what? Those those kids in this act very like that. Very yeah. natural and, and always kinda getting caught up in little pranks. That they weren't necessarily the creators of them, but they were always caught up in them. This is very much like that. The kids were excellent in this.
0: Yeah, and it's nice, too, because, like, yeah, they're kind of getting into weird stuff and doing weird crap, but it's not obnoxious. It's not like Dennis the Menace with his, like—because that never struck me as realistic, either. This kid who's always bothering Mr. Wilson and shooting out windows with his, his like, you know, slingshot and stuff. Like, most kids aren't that much of a problem unless they have actual— emotional (laughs) problems now
1: in (laughs) fairness to Dennis the Menace maybe we ought to at some time watch a TV version of Dennis the Menace because this was surprisingly
0: that's a good point like I I am misremembering the beaver maybe I'm also misremembering Dennis the Menace yeah so yeah basically yeah the kids stuff ten thumbs up but yeah the parents Ward and June relax a little bit you automatons (laughs) you're weirdos you don't don't feel real at all So, yeah, I don't know, the prevailing, maybe that's the thing. It's just that these shows are getting to the point that they're so old that no one actually remembers what they were really like anymore. (laughs) And (laughs) people have
1: this concept uh, that is not true because you're not watching it anymore. Yeah. Like, as my vision, uh, 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 Ward and June, yeah, they were exactly like I thought they would be. But the kids themselves, the action, no, i got to say, they were well done, and the situations were well done. The little antics that were happening were very believable. (laughs) Some kid can buy right into that. Yeah. And his brother buy right into it too. Now, the thing that I find is odd, my God, why wouldn't those parents buy those children a bicycle? Yeah. (laughs) At some point in time. Yeah, I can
0: see the pet thing in the actual pilot where it's like, uh, yeah, like we're not ready to have an animal yet. But in the pre pilot. You're not responsible
1: for your room and you're not responsible for this. So, no, you can't have a pet. But a bicycle? Especially that older boy. Come on, he's about 12 or 13 years old.
0: Yeah, they had, uh, I don't know, the philosophy of the parents was, yeah, like even weirder in that pre show. It was called It's a Small World, too. It wasn't called Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, because they not only. For whatever reason, the dad wouldn't buy them a bicycle, but then he also had this lofty philosophy of, like, you know, we shouldn't interrupt the world of children, for it is their own world and we cannot. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, get out of here, recast him, stop it. <laughs> so-